So we're back for the second part of this conversation with Dr. Alberto Rodriguez Navarro. And it's been quite exciting, the work they've been doing, the FDA clearance they've gotten and everything. But now we're also going to be moving into talking about things as well that not necessarily are patient focused, but things that sort of like are focused on the surgeons and hospitals and so forth. So so then to, to kick this conversation off again, like I understand that, you know, you part of robotic surgery and now combined with this magnetic attributes to it, it's important as a surgeon to have steady hands because um, I don't know, I was watching, this may sound funny, but I watched, uh, I think everyone has seen the Marvel movie with the Avengers and there's this uh, hero called Doctor Strange and he was a top surgeon, but he had a car accident. Mm-hmm. So now his hands were shaking all the time. Like, how does this technology help, you know, surgeons, you know, have like steady hands in, in, in a way so that they don't cut the wrong organ or they don't cut the wrong, you know, blood vessel? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is in surgery, you need some stuff to be steady and you need another stuff to be kind of really, really movable and have space to, to move. So that's why we design our system that give you stability for the things that you don't need that they move during the surgery. For example, the camera. It's like with any camera. So if you, if you're doing anything, with the camera, the last thing that you want is that someone shake it <laughs> because this is like <laughs> you get dizzy. So we give provide this stability to the camera, but also you need to move the camera. Sometimes it has to be like a smooth movement. So so we provide that. With with the magnet, we provide the capability of doing movements that you are not constrained by your entry point. So you can really uh, create movement and it's very precise because you are seeing the 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 move of the of the magnet so we we give also kind of freedom and and precision and also uh, the, the the system is designed in an ergonomic way so you as a surgeon we keep the movement of the of the two hands the left hand of the surgeon that you can really move in a in a very ergonomic way very freely so it's designed with taking this consideration of okay what parts of the procedure we need stability and what parts of the of the of the procedure we need kind of like versatility and movement for the surgeon well and i guess this why surgery is really hard and it takes how long does it take to train 11 years 12 years to be a surgeon and yeah. I, I guess it's part of the process of getting to that point because uh not only do you have to know all the names of the of the t- of the medical tools that you use you also have to pay attention on the patient you have to remember the the you know the body anatomy that sort of that anatomy of the of the human body so uh, me and my friends uh we always used to say something about surgeons we always we always call surgeons like the plumbers of the human body because yes. <laughs> before this i was working on um sort of orthopedic implants when i was working at jnj the bone cement for hip and knee replacement implants and there's you know when you'd go and see this happening you this like they use hammers exos so you you have to have a good physical fitness and <laughs> and you know like it makes me interested to think about you know the ergonomics aspect of this to say okay 
you're working in surgery. Some surgery, some surgeries last for like hours. I don't know what the average surgery lasts, but I think some of them can last 12 hours or very long. And what things have you put in place to make sure that, you know, it's comfortable to use, you know, the mask system, you know, there's like, does it come with, uh, you know, certain tools that allow different surgeons of different sizes to use it or, or it's only for big, strong surgeons? Mm -hmm. Like what have you guys put into perspective to make it happen and comfortable? Yeah, well, that is a very good point. And, and we took a lot of time in the design of the system. And, and that's why also we are very fortunate that, that well, for one side, we have the, the, the support of recognized key opinion leaders from the lead academic institutions from, from the U.S., clearly people who are very forward thinking. But also we took into consideration uh, my own experience. I have done more than 3,000 uh, laparoscopic procedures in my, in my clinical life. So we, we try to combine something that, that, that works in kind of like academics environments, but also in more like community hospital environments that are quite different in terms of resources, in terms of like, I don't know, OR space, um, managing of the patients. So, so we took all those things in consideration. And also, of course, ergonomics of the surgeon is, is an important. But what, one of the parts that people really forget is the, is the assistant because. Yeah. Uh, everybody's working about the surgeon to be comfortable, but, but to be a surgical assistant, to help someone to do the surgery, I can say that it's, <laughs> it's almost like a torture because first you have to adapt to the surgeon, that the surgeon is comfortable, but nobody cares about the assistant. So if you are kind of, I don't know, hanging your arms for like, like <laughs> two hours, it's like, okay, it's part of the work. So, I mean, the, the, the assistant, if you see the ergonomics of the assistant, is, is horrible because you have to be kind of in, in steady positions for longer period of time mm -hmm. in awkward positions. Uh, the camera, the laparoscopic camera, I mean, it's not heavy, but it's not light neither. So, so it's really bad to, to be a, a, a surgical kind of assistant. So we're also very happy that, that we solved that problem because we kind of like don't let people do that, that hard work. So instead of like doing kind of like this torture in the procedure, do something more valuable because there's so much need in the healthcare today. There's so shortage of people um, in the healthcare system that instead of like having someone doing like a basic work that also is not done perfectly, well, take it and use that resource in something that, that brings more value in the, in the system. So, so yeah, we, we took in consideration a lot of aspects. Also, we went the, 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 the system also is designed that surgery is comfortable, that can, can perform well. And um, we took those, those concepts into, into design kind of the, the, the system. Well, no, that's really impressive. And uh, I guess there's always um, unsung heroes in every situation. And in this particular case, you mentioned the being a surgical uh, assistant. I think most junior doctors or junior surgeons you have to go through that route as part of your training. So um, that's yeah, that's really that's really funny. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, but now that's been put into place and 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 to do that. And uh, but also like as a surgeon, do you do you think that you know when you have those long sur like surgeries, the the level of concentration stays the same throughout the process, or do you find that by doing you know the minimally invasive approach where you access the inside of the body 
uh, with a minimum with minimum in invasiveness, you it's easier for you. It, it makes does it make the surgery faster or slower? Like how how, how does it affect the actual surgery uh, from your point of view? Since you've done you know three thousands of this, so I'm sure you, you rarely see anything new nowadays. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fascinating concept, and 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 I mean. The interesting thing is that if you see surgery, surgery is very close to to high level kind of like um, competition or kind of like surgeons are kind of like athletes or, or artists that you see where that they perform the best when they enter in this kind of like flow mode that is kind of like a kind of like automatic kind of like doing things. And in surgery, in order for for enhanced kind of like that mode, you have to have good visualization, perfect retraction. And that's nice. why our goal with our system is giving perfect assistance to the surgeon in order to enter to the flow mode. But kind of like you see that everything is kind of like going going fast and nice. For example, when you see a highly trained surgeon helping another surgeon, you see that the surgery goes very, very fast. And, and kind of like the assistant kind of like go kind of one, one step beyond of what you're doing. And nice. everything is kind of like fast and, and, and the surgery is, is kind of like a like a, how do you say, like a performance. It's kind of like a, it's very kind of like from aesthetic view, very nice. But if you see the same good surgeon being helped by a first year medical student that, that, that I don't know, don't even like surgery, <laughs> you see that it's a, it's a disaster, kind of like they don't see well, they, they, they really, you see that the frustration start to, to climb up. You have the responsibility of the patient, so you get stressed. Uh, and the surgery kind of like don't flow, you see. And actually, if you see those cases, it is when you can have complications too. You see that they're just like, uh, I mean, this is my my personal view that, that there's a link of this kind of surgery kind of like look nice and, and goes easily with yeah. better outcomes. Uh, so that's why we're trying to replicate with our with our technology is like, okay, how we help the surgeon to have the best assistant and, 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 and do it in a, in a cost-effective way because having two highly trained surgeons doing just one procedure Yes, you can do it. That makes no sense from a use of, of resources. So how with technology, we can provide the same assistance to the surgeon and make it kind of like Excel. Well, and uh, just just out of curiosity, and this may sound also like a, a, a stupid question, but when you mention visualization in surgery, for minimally invasive operations, I understand from the small, in, like for the small incision you make, do you also put the the camera through there as well as the tools at the same time? And then the, uh, and then obviously now you've got the um, the mask system also helping you there to see. So it's essentially you have uh, you can put you can actually see quite a lot from inside without having to 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 you know um, separate uh, a lot of things and or to, without having to make a big incision. So that's 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 amazing. And uh, but how, does the machine control the light? The, you know the the camera that goes inside, so the so the surgeon can focus on the on the tools themselves, or or the surgeon also controls the the visual you know, part of the surgery. Yes. And right now the, the current FDA clear system is totally controlled by the surgeon. Okay. Um, actually we are developing more kind of like AI control ways of, of helping even more this kind of concept that I'm saying that you, you give the surgeon what, what, what he or she needs 
bef before kind of like what what is needed kind of like going a little bit one step kind of like uh, ahead of what is needed we're working on that and, and that's why we're also very very optimistic about our future because we have a, a, a strong pipeline of new developments how we leverage our our system in order to keep bringing value nice and uh, in, in then in regards to that i I suppose you offer surgeons training, right, for this uh, device. And yeah. how long does it take to train a surgeon onto this? For you know, for doctors listening right now, they're thinking, "Oh, maybe it's too complicated for me and stuff." But like, how do you reassure them that this is actually not complicated? It's it's something that doesn't take as long. How long do your trainings take? What kind of support do you offer them? Yeah, no, of course you need you need training, and and we have a, a program of training. I can say that is that our system is designed to be very very simple. We took a lot of time in order to design something that that was very easy to to use and also very easy to be to be trained and and not just for the surgeon. We also took time in order to make the system easy for the OR team. Actually, one of the biggest feedback and the, the one that put me more more happy that was unexpected is that the, the nurses at the Cleveland Clinic really really like our system because it was very easy to use. The, that were very scared because their their experience with other robotic platforms is is that was very complex and cumbersome <laughs> and I mean this was a little bit of like unexpected unexpected feedback so so we took a lot of time in order to to design it um, that is is easy to to use of course you need some training in order to uh, I would say mostly understand the kind of movements that you can do with the magnetic uh, system because. Uh, that is also very interesting that you realize that we as a surgeon we are trained with kind of like laparoscopic instruments uh, and, and you are kind of could you say like a constrained by the, the the movements that you can do and when you give a surgeon kind of like this capability of doing movements that is impossible with other instruments it takes a little bit of while to kind of like i don't know re-understand <laughs> the kind of like that you can do i don't know a dragging movement that you cannot do with a conventional laparoscopic instrument so so it's interesting that you need a little bit of like training I would say that it's, it's, a, it's a short learning curve. We have seen it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a simple to learn, but you, you need also uh, a training. Nice. nice. That, that's good. And I'm sure that reassures a lot of the surgeons uh, listening out there and stuff, knowing that, you know, this is also, it's a, it's a tool that can also deliver high um, sort of like if efficacy in patients, you know, they come back, they feel happy, you know, they're more likely to tell their friends, when their friends see that people feel comfortable. Because I think a lot of people, before they go for surgery, they, they don't really, there isn't really a lot of information out there. And I say this because I spent some time writing. Um, one of the jobs that I was doing at J&J was uh, writing what they call info, information for use um, uh, pamphlets for for sort of like patients so that they can read before they go into surgery so they kind of know <laughs> what the doctor is going to do on them. But we, we write it in such a way that we try to simplify the words. And uh, like a lot of people before they went into this surgery, one person told me that there wasn't even videos on, on, on YouTube for them to see what's going to be done to them. The closest thing they saw on YouTube about a hip replacement surgery was um, like it was one that was being done to like a sheep or, or, or a chicken, sort of like the early development stages. So, it's, you know, 
that then makes it quite scary. But now when you have this sort of like a uh, sort of like stream um, streamline or stream flow of, you know, patients that are, you know, we've gone through this and they, they come back. Okay. And they like sort of like a testimony, they give testimony mm-hmm. to what they've gone. And that gives people a lot of confidence knowing that you're not a, uh, like a you know a guinea pig. No one wants to be a guinea pig in any experiment. So, now having talked about that, now I just want to move to you know like the hospital part because it's part of you know like your triple impact that you guys aim for and yep. um, the hospitals, particularly like here in the in the UK, from like now they're swamped you know people are waiting long queues to see doctors junior doctors are going on strikes uh and 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 so forth like how does i know obviously you mentioned that instead of having two surgeons working on one patient this device allows two surgeons to work on two patients at the same time and but what are the other benefits to the hospital does this device offer yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big focus of us. And that's why kind of like the waiting list, uh, just for the people to understand, is, is people waiting for a surgery. And that what means that the offer of surgeries is less than the patients that you have. And that's why you have waiting lists, people waiting for, for surgery. And actually, this was a big problem also in, in my hospital because uh, I work in one of the busiest uh, hospitals in, in Santiago. And we have like thousands of patients waiting for surgery. And the problem that when you are waiting for a surgery, the most likely, I mean, you have likelihood to get a complication. I mean, if, for example, if you have a stone in the gallbladder, um, if I take it in a, as an elective way, it's a very simple, straightforward procedure that I can send you home after, I don't know, six hours after the surgery. But if that stone gets impacted, then you have infection and then it's a acute cholecystitis. It's a much more complex, more risk. Usually I cannot send you home the same day. So, so. The issues of waiting, having people for waiting for surgeries has like a, what is it, a humanitarian problem that you have someone yes. suffering, but also it brings more cost to the system in the long yes. term because you are doing surgeries on complicated, kind of like more complicated case. So, so, so having a waiting list is a, is a, is a, is a social problem, but also it's economical problem. In that aspect, the beauty of what we're doing, and this is a, an analogy that, that many people people like doing surgery is is um, i would say it's similar to a kind of like a high level restaurant if you go to a kind of like a fancy restaurant they limit you the time on the table i mean you you have two hours and then you have to they kick you out why they're doing that because they figured it out that they don't take so much time cooking they take more the, the people kind of like when they are using the, the, the tables is when you cannot put more customers. So in surgery, when you start looking the centers who are efficient in terms of surgery, you start seeing that the bottleneck is not the OR itself. It's the post-operatory care unit. It's kind of like the recovery unit. So when you want to improve your, your efficiency, um, actually, you have to improve in the OR, but also you have to have a figure it out of having like a, a faster throughput of patients, kind of like sending patients out easy. And that's why our system is, is kind of aligned to that concept, because as we reduce pain, as I mentioned before, less use of opioids, we have also data that demonstrate that patients spend less time in the recovery unit. So at the end, if you, if you, if you kind of add 
that we improve the, the surgery itself, making kind of the surgery more efficient, faster. And also we improve kind of like the, the, the exit of the patients, kind of like the, the, the bottlenecks, we can have a double impact. So that's why, that, and that's why we want to demonstrate that we, we have a huge impact on waiting time for patients because we really improve the, the offer for, for, for surgeries to, wow. to the patients. Wow. That's, that's, that's really impressive. And I think that's really good because it not only particularly in countries where the healthcare system is dependent on the, on, on the government and on a tech system, like in the, in the UK with the NHS system, the, by taking that burden of patients, it's literally take, you're saving billions essentially, uh, in that system because it means there's more beds available for other treatments. Doctors aren't being overworked. You know, they're not burning out because I know sometimes doctors work really long hours and they, and, and they had this joke with my friends that they develop a, a sort of like a coffee addiction, like a caffeine yeah. addiction because that's <laughs> what keeps them going. And, you know, sometimes that could also, also be avoided by, you know, fixing one part at a time, as you said, removing the pressure on the surge on the like post surgery, um, ward, it, it will also flow into other areas. So now that's, that's really good. And, you know, like I just had a question out of curiosity, uh, particularly for hospitals in, you know, in countries that are sort of like, you know, developing countries where maybe they don't have the, you know, the best infrastructure in place, like is, is there a possibility that this system could run off a battery? You know, like, you know, what they're doing now with Teslas and lithium. Every, everyone thinks of battery power now. Like, is there a, is there a possibility that this could be battery powered in, in, in the future? Yeah, totally the case. And actually, that's a, a commitment as we have as a company that we want this technology uh, uh, reach all the all the patients around the world. I mean, we don't want that because someone has less less kind of like income, not be able to access to to the best technology available. So we have a commitment as a company to to make this technology affordable for for all the markets. Of course, I mean, we we, we first we have to survive as a company. <laughs> we have to to be alive in order to to do that. But we have a commitment as a, as a, as a company. And I would say that in that aspect, we are very aligned with our investors that, that we want to make this affordable. We want to bring more value than the cost that, that it will have. Um, so, so we have a commitment to, to make it work in, in, in places that, that, that they receive the latest technology at the end, you see. So, so we have a commitment in, in terms of that, that, that we're focusing on bringing this uh, for, for all the patients. Nice, nice, and and then sort of like then moving away from from um, the hospital questions and patient questions and surgeon patient, uh, sorry, and surgeon questions. I want to go more into like you know the the business side of it, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, like firstly, um, the partnerships that you guys have formed. Like, how have you? found those have those been helpful like the partnerships you've been forming with different hospitals you know with different surgeons in the field in terms of transitioning this technology to the market how have you found that yeah i mean um, we have been i would say blessed for the level of support that we have from recognized uh surgeons who are like the top in in the world i mean if you see our company for for the size of the company 
and the level of, of support of key opinion leaders is totally kind of, I don't know how, hypertrophic, you see, kind of like the level of support <laughs> that we have for the size yes. that we have. And you see other companies kind of in the similar stage that don't even have, I don't know, 1% of the support from key opinion leaders that we have. I mean, it's extremely support. I mean, mostly because, I mean, we have a lot of, of connections in the surgical field, but I would say that mostly it's because they, they see the value, the clinical value uh, and, the, and the value for the surgical practice that we are, we are bringing. So, so we, we are also a very unique company that we have not done too much noise in, in areas that are kind of outside of surgery. We have focused, you know, in putting our, our technology more, how to say you, in, in the surgical field. And, and, and that's why we have so much support from, from other surgeons. And um, we're very kind of like happy and, and, and we feel very proud of, of the level of, of support. I mean, we have published in the best surgical journals. That also, people told me it's impossible that the best surgical journal will accept a study from the industry <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So, well, we have it over there. So we have a, a, a support from, from the from the recognized kind of like thought leaders in surgery that is, 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 is unprecedented for, for the size of our company. Yes. And... Uh... And that's really interesting, really, because essentially, you know, it's like a streamline. And just to make people understand medical devices, as much as you're a company working on something, you also need what they call the sort of like post-market surveillance, which basically means yeah. you also want to know the details of how it's performing in the markets. And sometimes to do that, you need people who are directly in contact with the patients to collect that data. And, and I'm sure the company also collects the yeah. data. And... Um, but then talking about size, like, uh, uh, like how big are you guys? Because it's one thing that I was trying to figure, uh, on my, when I was doing research for Lavita and I was, and they're just like, how big is this company? How many people do you employ there? And what do you guys do your manufacturing? Is it, do you do all the manufacturing in, uh, in California or is it also in other states or in other countries? How, what, how, how do you guys do that? Yeah, we are, we are, we are a very efficient team. I would say that also we have a level of engagement of our team that is, is unprecedented. I mean, everybody in, in, in our team is, is kind of like really put the heart on what we're doing. And that's where we can do stuff that people believe that are, are impossible. Uh, we're, we're a small team. We're just 30, around like maybe more 30, 30 people. Uh, we have uh, our main offices in, 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 in Mountain View in Silicon Valley. And we have an office in, in Chile that is mostly focused on, on clinical research and also AI and software development. Nice. That's that's really good. That's really good. And uh, like I've been wanting to ask you this question for quite some time now, but how do you raise uh, $26 million in a round of funding? And, and, and if I'm not wrong, that was not your first... Uh, sort of like seed round, um, no. or was it your first? No, no, no. I'll tell you. I mean, it has been also very fascinating. Also, how how the the company also has has evolved because initially we start the company thinking about just a kind of like a product company, and after we de we developed the first the first magnetic kind of product, we figured it out that this has even much more potential if we combine it with with other technologies such as robotics or machines or, or AI. So so we also kind of the, the company itself kind of like kind of uh, mutates, I would say, to another entity <laughs> um, that is, is moving from being like a product company to a, to a platform company. 
Uh, also, we are very fortunate to have um, investors who who believe in, in 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 what we're doing, who trust the team, and and they they just yes, give us a support. And also knowing that uh, that that's where that's also I'm very how to say like fortunate to be in this space that. Uh, the, the beauty about medical technology is that you can bring a lot of social value, but also you can bring a lot of like value to, to shareholders. You have a nice inter- intersection that you can yes. create value for, for everybody, you see? So, so I mean, our investors understand that. I mean, they want to have a social impact, but also they want to have a nice return on their investment. Uh, and we are lucky that we can align those objectives. I mean, that's why I'm saying that I like to think, Levita, that we bring more value than, than what we charge for for that. Uh, but also from a business standpoint, it's very solid. I mean, we, we, as you bring value to, to the healthcare, uh, the, the, there's economic return, as I mentioned, there's economic return, for example, of, of doing a surgery in a patient that does not have to wait. I mean, there's a social benefit, but also there's an economic benefit in terms of doing it. So we're very fortunate that we can bring both. Um, and that's why also we are seeing that we have a very, a business kind of like a kind of like a platform like, like a, our, our business is very solid uh and that's the way that that's why i'm anticipating that we will be able to reach <laughs> to to kind of like lower lower kind of um, kind of a, a lower um, economical environments because we will be we are very solid in the in the business side well, that's 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 good. And uh, if there's one tip that you could give to people thinking of getting uh, funding for a company for a business idea they have, what would be the one thing you would tell those you know founders uh, as as words of advice? Yeah, I mean, I would say that first, really believe in what you're doing because uh, you have to really transmit passion. Uh, back up that with a solid plan, how to do it, how you're going to do it. It's not just about <laughs> passion. It's like, how are you going to do it? Um, I would say that you be prepared to knock 300 doors because this is a persistent game. Um, really, you have to 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 keep going. Um, and you will find the people who, who, who engage with your, with your uh, objectives with the company, pick pick the, the the investor who really align with your values because I would say that also is very very important um, keep going learning read a lot learn from other people <laughs> be with your ears always open to to learn and take yes. this as a, as a journey you see this is a process that that, that you learn every day. Um, be also humble uh, that when you reach something, don't don't get stuck on that because the next step is always more difficult and you are not prepared. So so take this as a as a journey. And I would say that those are the the the, the, the key the key aspect for for, for entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I, I I wrote that down and you know talking about uh, before like I go into more questions about the entre- entrepreneurship because it's quite. Uh, uh, you know, a, a brave thing that you have to do, like what you did, settling all everything in Santiago, moving to a new country, starting up a company, and the company has actually been successful. So that's really something that's really good. And I've noted down everything you said, you know, I've taken notes for myself, and I'm sure the people listening to this will also take notes of that. And, you know, I just wanted to ask as well, because, you know, one of the things we discussed before or earlier was, you know, you have this interest now of turning surgeons 
so that they can have a business mindset. It, and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a question that I've often gotten myself because, you know, I studied um, biomedical engineering, never did anything with media, but here I am doing a podcast. So it's like, it's a paradigm shift, right? Because you're taking someone from a STEM background and saying, wait a second, life is bigger than that. You can also think of, you know, um, starting a business. You can think of starting um, something else that's in a different field. Like, how are you doing that? And what exactly went through your own mind for you to make that paradigm shift? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, is, is this a passion of, of doing things better? Uh, at the end, I realized, I mean, I was in the academia before. Uh, then I realized that having a company is the kind of like fastest vehicle that you can have in order to do kind of like applied research and also developing products that will help other surgeons and, and patients. So I figured it out that, that companies at the end are, are kind of like vehicles, are, are, are entities that, that enables you to bring people with the passion, with the energy, and that you can put all that and really have um, something that is, 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 a, is a deliverable, is something that, that really is a product that can be used. So I figured it out that, and, and also I think that we need more, 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 more clinicians involved in, in entrepreneurship, developing new, new products. Because, I mean, I have seen many, many companies uh, that sometimes the, the leadership is, 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 is a little bit far from, from, from the clinic. They don't have like a, uh, the, the experience. I mean, I, I always also tell, tell the, the teams that you need uh, a physician in, the, in your core team, in the initial team, because there's something special when, when you treat a patient. There's a responsibility. There's, there's a, this physician-patient relationship that is something special that if you don't have, have kind of no, live, live that kind of like when you haven't experienced that, it's difficult to, to understand. So I think that we need more, more clinicians. I've seen other kind of robotic companies that they are not drive by the same kind of um, experience. So, so I think that we need more clinicians to, to be involved in, 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 in entrepreneurship and develop new tools because that, that I think it's, is, is where, where kind of good products can, can, can reach the, the patients. Nice. And that's interesting. You say that because it just made me think to myself, um, you know, you see it all over the internet these days. Uh, you hear that, um, sort of like, uh, like a salary is like, uh, a sedative, you know, that keeps you calm. It doesn't, it stops you from really reaching out far without taking too much risk. And, and I can understand for most surgeons who have spent many years and, uh, you know, studying at school, they're relatively comfortable or above average in their respective countries. So, but another way as well, would, would you think that it would be possible for, for those surgeons who are sort of like comfortable, who are, who are risk adverse, they'd want to take the risk? to still get involved in companies by just forming collaborations because yes. getting involved in entrepreneurship is not just, okay, you have to be the founder all the time. You can find a company that's already going and then say, Hey guys, I've got this expertise. I can come to you and be your sort of like a scientific uh, advisor uh, and, you know, help the company actually grow to met, to meet the needs of what they're actually seeing in the industry. Would you, would you recommend that as well uh, as part yeah. of the transition? Yes, 100%. When I'm saying that we need more clinicians involved in entrepreneurship, I mean, they're one, ones that will be kind of like founders and CEOs like myself, but the other ones, it will be really engaged in, 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 um, kind of like in the, in the, in the teams developing, developing new products. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the thing is that we need more 
input because um, otherwise you can develop things that is kind of more like a, like a solution searching for a problem. You see, there's so much need in healthcare that actually the, the clinician has this sensitivity in order to, to know what are the, the real problems. And that's why we have to incentivize people not to be so comfortable and, and just uh, <laughs> keep doing what they're doing, challenge themselves, be involved. If you figure out a problem, well, figure out a way of solution, you see, because that's the way that we, we evolve. Nice, nice. That's really good. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because sometimes you you need to hear it from someone else sometimes to start thinking of it. And I'm, and I'm hoping that this message gets to those surgeons uh, on TikTok because what I'm going to be doing after this, I'm going to take our interview or still put the full interview on YouTube, but I'm also going to take certain extracts and put them on TikTok and Instagram so that they also reach a wider audience because I understand nowadays not everyone has the attention span to sit down for an hour and watch something. So I also have to cater for that audience to say, okay, you know what, I also got something for you that's 60 seconds long. Uh, and okay, it's quite yeah. good because... It's quite good because now on TikTok, I think today they increased the, the length of video. So now you can post like a 10 minute video or something, but that's, that's good to hear that. And I'm hoping that it can really resonate with a lot of people, but you know, looking at the time and I, I just got one more question, which, which also, I think everyone is thinking about this nowadays, uh, which is like AI. And I know you mentioned it briefly and I do want you to go without mentioning more about this, but how do you guys plan on implementing AI in this? Like, you know, I mean, on a range of scale, I know other people be thinking, okay, that's it. We're done. Machines are going to be operating on us. We won't need any humans anymore. Like, how, like what's, what's your take in terms of, you know, integrating uh, AI into these robots? Can, can we really trust AI that much with, with human life? Or what, what do you think? Yeah, well, that's also another fascinating topic. Uh, I would say that more than incorporating AI to robots, we're incorporating AI to surgeons. I mean, that that's the, how I see it. I see these are technologies that augment the capabilities of the of the surgeon. Uh, I don't foresee kind of like self-driving robots in the short term. I mean, we don't even have cars. I mean, surgery is a, is a little bit more complex than, than that. <laughs> what, what I think is that AI and that what data gathering can give you is, is taking better decisions during the surgery. Also, I think that there will be a, a big play in terms of coordinating ORs because if you see the ORs who are really kind of like very, very efficient, it's an issue of how you coordinate all the all the people involved that actually is, is a big group of people that are involved in the surgery. I mean, the surgeon is the, probably the most, most critical and the, and the, what do you say, the, the, the most, uh, required kind of like player, but, but in order for to be efficient, this is not just the surgeon issue. It's like a team of people working. So I think AI can help the surgeon during the procedure also to organizing uh, the, the team. Uh, and there's another kind of like areas that I think AI can play uh, a nice role. But I mean, how we see it, at least from, from Levita, is we always think, okay, how we improve outcomes, how we help the surgeons to do better. And if AI help us to do that, welcome. If it's AI for just AI, because it's cool, it's, it's not for us, you see. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm thinking that at least uh, what we are seeing is, is this, this will have a huge impact in, in surgical 
practice, in medical practice. Um, and well, that's why we are, we have a very strong pipeline of, uh, of AI products. Uh, we are on that. We are exploring. We are testing. Um, and we have a very good position. That's why we see our, our, our system, uh, as having kind of like real state in the OR. So we want to leverage our position in order, but, but helping the surgeons. See, this is that, that's, that's our goal. Nice, nice. That's really good. And uh, I guess that comes down the nerves of many people who are nervous about AI to say that we're not just going to let it run loose, but we actually mm-hmm. going to see what we can take. We're going to extrapolate the benefits we can get, we can get from AI and then use that to our advantage to, to whether build up more, you know, systems that we know, okay, maybe if we cut this, um, insertion at this length, maybe it increases the, the, the recovery period by a week. So maybe if we maintain this one, we can make people recover faster. And I think with that big amount of data, that's where AI comes into place uh, for you guys. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's really, really amazing. And, you know, like, I'm just really grateful to have had you on the podcast today, uh, uh, better and, uh, I am looking forward to seeing the Mars system like in, in Europe and, you know, outside of yeah. the U.S. Because I'm always kind of jealous uh, of, of the Americans. It seems like they always have everything first. So this is quite exciting and I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing it here. So thank you very much for, for coming yeah, today. Actually, yeah, we have interest from, from UK surgeons too. It's that we will go to Europe very nice. soon. So so stay stay tuned. And well, thank you very <laughs> much for, for the talk. I really enjoyed talking with you. and. And yeah, hopefully that this, this motivates someone to, to start their own company or be involved in, in, in new solutions and have an impact. Uh, definitely. I'm sure a lot of people would have uh, been motivated by the, uh, the stuff you're working on, the, the, the things you've taken, the, the, or the leaps you've taken in your life and the advice you gave. And, uh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thanks to you.